0: Greetings, fellow captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today on Rank Amateur, we will be featuring the long-anticipated episode that is about, you guessed it, the USS North Carolina. So first off, let's get started with the news in World of Warships, and biggest news right now is the update 10.3, or 0.10.3, and I have actually been very busy this week and I haven't been able to get onto World of Warships to see these things for myself, but let's go over what has happened. So first of all, the Italian battleships are now researchable. You can go straight into the tech tree and research these things. Uh without having to gather any of the Italian tokens or anything like that um and then now there are or there is another branch, and this is the German destroyers or split in the German destroyer branch and it comes with a hamburg dockyard and in this dockyard, much like every other dockyard that we've had in world of warships, you can build the um german destroyer z f six now um it is one of those things where you have to complete or you have to buy at least three shipbuilding phases so you can only complete nineteen out of the twenty two shipbuilding phases and they don't seem that hard to complete the shipbuilding phases um... you do need to pay five thousand doubloons to get this ship so it's not too bad especially for a tier nine ship um... but it does require some of your work um... and then these german destroyers uh, they have some interesting traits so first of all the main battery guns are very very accurate and they're large caliber so they're 150 millimeters they have powerful AP shells and this is just all what the warships is claiming they have powerful AP shells with a good penetration damage and enhanced shell ricochet angles they have good armor um, and they have um... Uh, like a high HE resistance and they have very very large health pools I think it's around 30,000 for the 10. And it uh, is essentially just a small light cruiser. However, their HE shells are suck. They have like tier one type HE DPM, um, and the smoke generator consumable is um, not really that great. It's it, it's like just a typical German one, and they also have defensive AA fighter from tier nine, and their torpedoes um are just kind of average basically that is what wargaming is going for here uh, and you can earn German tokens much like you could earn Italian tokens and uh, you can get lots and lots of rewards and you can also get these ships um, if you're in 1250 tokens you can get the tier 7 Z 31 and a commemorative flag and um, if you earn 1,800 you can get the tier 8 Gustav Julius uh, Maker or marker I don't know and then there's tons of camouflages and credits and signals and stuff that you can get and also um, permanent camouflages for said German destroyers and there's also of course bundles available uh, in the armory for doubloons and there's a new Hamburg port which I think looks pretty amazing and there's also some new daily rewards so you can get um, uh, fifty thousand credits, seven hundred fifty free XP, a container or a random container, and four hundred coal. Or there's multiple of these rewards. Also, you can get fifteen hundred free XP in a different reward. You can get one thousand, or no, one hundred doubloons, and you can get one day a premium count just by opening these uh, containers daily. There's also been changes to the armory. Uh, the German aircraft carrier Max Immelmann is now available in the armory. And this is basically just, it looks a lot like a Hukuru actually, mixed with a Graf Zeppelin. Uh, it's a, they say it's a heavy aircraft carrier project with good armor protection and powerful secondary batteries. She couldn't deploy a new squadron type, skip bombers, which bounce their bombs off a water surface. This ship has two different types of aircraft, torpedo bombers and skip bombers. The HE bombs of the latter have high chance of causing fire and inflict significant damage on the ships so they strike. Their squadrons are fast, but they have small HP pools. A ship is available in exchange for uh, two th- 264,000 coal. Um, You know, I'm actually kind of mad about that. Because in history, the Allies actually came up with skip bombers. I mean, have you ever heard of the Dam Busters? Uh, those were Lancasters that were equipped with these skip bombs that would literally skip across the water surface into the German dams and blow it up. So I'm kind of mad that they didn't introduce that, but I suppose they were never really used against naval targets, or at least to my knowledge. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, of course, I would love to hear that. Um, The Commonwealth Destroyer, the Tier 10 Vampire 2, uh, it's a Daring-class destroyer, and it will become available in the Research Bureau from April 23rd onwards, so a few more days here. Uh, she is one of the largest and most powerful warships built in Australia. The ship is the most dangerous for her enemy and artillery duels thanks to her efficient main battery guns, as well as a crawling smoke jannery and hydroacoustic search consumables. She will be available in exchange for 55,000 research points. So, this is a research bureau ship, by the way. Um, this is essentially just an improved daring. She has higher D- uh, DPM, I believe. Um, and, of course, that legendary Commonwealth smoke generator. Uh, it should be interesting to get it, and I'm really hoping they introduce a Commonwealth line soon. And also, a quick warning, they are going to be... Or actually, before I give the warning, there's two new Japanese commanders and there's uh, another uh, Legion of Honor containers that are available for 1,000 coal. All right, now onto the warning. So this warning is the fact that they are removing uh, certain amounts of ships, or certain ships, I should say. Um, so they're removing the Eric Loenhart, the Nelson, the T sixty one, the Haida, the Z thirty nine, the Sashiel, the Lenin, and the Admiral Graf And this is—they're claiming that this is because these ships are too popular, and they needed to be removed to uh, make up prop, or to ensure proper team makeup and diversity. Um, I can tell you that that is not the reason they're removing it, because none of these ships, save maybe the T sixty one and the Lenin are very popular ships at all. I hardly ever see an Eric Lohenart and an Admiral Graf Spee. And I sometimes see Nelsons, maybe like once every 10 games, maybe once every 7 games or so. Z uh, Z-39, not a very popular ship. Rarely see it. Or at least, I rarely see it. Maybe it's just my dumb luck. Um, and the Asashio, eh, I mean, it's kind of middle of the road. It's just your average premium. So I think what they're doing is they're taking some of the ships that maybe aren't the most popular. Because even the Lenin, I see maybe once every seven games it's nothing like you see a georgia every game or something like that i think what they're doing is they are uh, following the principle of everything is more valuable once you can't have it so essentially what they're doing is removing these ships from the premium shop to make people like panic and like panic buy them which is obviously going to make them make more money and it says at the end of the paragraph that they're explaining why they're removing this they say uh, they'll no longer be available for an indefinite period of time but they may return in the future Um, that is wargaming for they will return in the future and it's just a matter of time before they kind of get bored with having these ships out of the army because a lot of these ships are important like uh, the nelson the haida and the Emerald Graf Spee are all historical ships. So I imagine they will return. It's just to create more of a buzz around them so people buy them. Although I would... Eh, I mean, none of these ships are particularly good except for the Haida. The Heide is pretty good and the Emerald Graf Spee is pretty good. Well, I suppose I should mention the T-61. I just don't have much experience with the T-61, but it is arguably one of the best tier six destroyers, or if not the best. All right, now they have tweaked some visuals, um for the game right now in 10.3 and they fixed one of the biggest problems i've been having with the game lately and that is the torpedoes they are just so hard to see even with the markers you can barely see the torpedoes and i guess it's probably more realistic but i mean it's an arcade game we have german aircraft carriers why can't we bend the truth a little bit more Um, So they, in in fact, they have fixed that. The torpedo trails are more like what they used to be before the visual update in 0.10.2, and it should be very easy to see them, and I'm very happy about that. Um, They improved the brightness of tracers and corrected map uh, parameters for their display, um, which I think is good. And yeah, it's more like what they did before the update, because you could hardly see your tracers um, in 10.2, but in 10.3, they're going to be very easy to see, which I love to hear. And some other miscellaneous changes that they've made, they've uh, changed the size of the shells to better distinguish between flying HE and AP shells, they've improved the blizzard effects to uh, make it more comfortable to play, uh, they increased the shot rendering distance so you could see the smoke from a shot from a greater distance, the frequency of the visual effect of hydroacoustic search, so like the the green thing that goes throughout the waves, which I wish was super frequent like radar, um, they've actually decreased that from uh, 20 seconds to 36 seconds uh, to f- help players focus on battle. If that's distracting you, um, I don't know. I just think it's a cool effect, in that they should have it every like 10 seconds or something. Oh well, they fixed the bug that caused the shake effect to be missing when taking damage. They've reduced the speed of the flow of waves to uh, reduce discomfort for players. I can see why that would be. If you're staring at all these waves, they're rapidly moving. Some people maybe might get sick. I think I've heard of uh, some people doing that actually, or having that happen to them, which is not cool. So I'm glad they fixed that. Uh, reduce the speed or no? The uh, the visibility of ships' torpedo aiming cones has been in- improved on the map straight. I didn't know that was map specific actually. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, they've, the effects of the rendering system has op- been optimized to improve performance, which is good because my graphics performance has actually gone down since the other update, which would make sense because the graphics are better, but it, it went down significantly when the graphics changes were kind of minor. Um, the elements of the underwater world have been added for some maps. Uh, yep, submarines are coming. Uh, just so you know, they're going to come in a few updates, so they are definitely getting ready. Uh, They've changed the lighting settings to reduce the smunk screen effect. Um, Yeah, not a huge problem for me, but you know, if it's a problem for you, I'm glad they fixed it. Uh, There's been some visual updates and changes to the commander screens. Um, They are going to be uh, changing the Deadeye skill, and I don't know if they've already done it. It doesn't really have it in the patch notes here, so I don't think they have, but this can become the Swift and Silent skill, which instead of buffing... Your um, accuracy, when no one's in your detection range or no detected ships are in your detection range, it's going to buff your speed by 10%, meaning the USS Georgia can make 41.5 knots. Um, Yeah, so that's interesting, but it's definitely better. Um, They've added a heat ray permanent camouflage for Amagi in North Carolina. Uh, They've added the Commander's Godzilla and Kong, uh, two Titans, one King containers, uh, theme patches and flags. And they've also... um, Added the HSF Harakazi and the HSF HSF uh, Hai, or Hei, or Haii, or I don't know, Japanese ships. And then the permanent camouflages for the Yamato and the Musashi. Um, they've added a new commander, Leroy Jenkins. Uh, you can obtain him by completing one of the two chains of combat missions. The chains will be available on their website and announced later. Uh, so the General Quarters patch has been added to get to the game. The Kronstadt port has been updated for Victory Day. Um, New Year's decorations have been removed from the Port of Cure. Following ships have been added for the testing by developers, super testers, and community contributors. And that's the Tier 8 Constellation, Tier 10 Druid, the Tier 10 Napoli, and the Tier 10 Yukon. No. Okay. Tier 8 Constellation, Tier 10 Druid, Tier 10 uh, Napoli, and the Tier 7 Yukon. And that's... uh, American, British, Italian, and Commonwealth, respectively. Game balance changes. You guys will love this one, even though it's probably not enough. The British battleship Thunder has been nerfed. Its main battery firing range has been reduced from 24.3 to 23 kilometers, and that is going to fix absolutely all the problems with the ship. I guarantee you, you will not see cruisers getting blapped from 24 kilometers. Instead, they'll be getting blapped from 23 kilometers. So, I mean, progress, but not enough. Stovitz cruiser Stalingrad has gotten its radar nerf from 30-second uh, duration to 25-second. Uh, Italian battleship Dante Alighieri, uh, or, or Alighieri? yeah, I think it's Alighieri. Um, S- Sigma parameter reduced from 1.6 to 1.5. Italian battleship Conte de Cavour has been reduced, or its main battery reload time has been reduced from 33 to 31.5 seconds. Italian battleship Andrea Dora, maximum sap shell damage has been increased from 31,000. Or no, nine thousand one hundred thirty-one thousand. what am I saying? Uh, to 9,500. And that is it for World of Warships. No, actually, is it it for World of Warships news? I think it is. Um, yes, it is it for the um, news in World of Warships. So tune back in for the history behind USS North Carolina. All right, welcome back to Rank Amateur, and we are just about to get going on the history section of this episode on USS North Carolina. And so, let's, without further ado, get into it. So, she was ordered on August 1st, 1937. She was laid down on October 27th 1937, launched on June, thir- or June 13th, 1940, and commissioned on April 9th, 1941. Uh, her nickname was The Showboat, and she has been a museum ship. Since uh, the 29th of April 1962 in Wilmington, North Carolina. And for those of you who may not know, North Carolina is named after the southern state, North Carolina. It's on the east coast of the United States and it's just north of, well, South Carolina, duh, and uh, Florida. So it's two states above Florida. And so it was the lead ship of her class of North Carolina ships, or North Carolina class battleships. Uh, The standard displacement was 35,000 long tons and a full load was 44,800 long tons. The length was 728 feet 9 inches or 222.12 meters. Uh, The beam was 100 feet 4 inches or 33.02 meters. The draft was 32 feet 11.5 inches. Um, she had eight Babcock and Wilcox boilers for a total of 121,000 ship horsepower. Uh, you'll notice this is like much higher than any of the previous U.S. Navy battleships. This was the first U.S. Navy fast battleship. Um, I mean, fast was relative. This still was not as fast as some of the British battleships and, um, of course the French battleships or the German battleships, in fact, and, uh, could only make, well, I'll tell you the top speed later. She was powered by four General Electric steam turbines with four screw propellers. She could make 28 knots. uh, That is 32 miles an hour or 52 kilometers an hour. Uh, She had a range of 17,450 miles or nautical miles at 15 knots, which is a very, very long way. Uh, That's kind of surprising for a battleship. Uh, So you could literally sail more than halfway across the world without refueling. Uh, the armament consisted of nine 16 inch, uh, so six millimeter, 45 caliber Mark VI guns. These are not the guns that were installed on the Iowa or the Montana. Those were 50 caliber, I believe Mark Eight guns, I think. Uh, her secondary battery consisted of 25 inch or 127 millimeter, 38 caliber dual purpose guns mounted in uh, dual mounts. Um, she had 16 uh, 1.1 inch, 28 millimeter anti aircraft guns. She had 18.50 caliber machine guns. And her belt consisted of 12 inches or 305 millimeters armor. Uh, her gun turret armor was 406 millimeters or 16 inches. The deck armor was 5.5 inches or 140 millimeters. Um, so yeah, its armor is a lot better than what you see in World of Warships. And the conning tower had 14.7 inches or 373 millimeters of armor. She carried three Vaught OS2U Kingfisher floatplanes planes for uh, observation and targeting duties and she had two catapults on her fantail. So USS North Carolina is interesting because she was the first new battleship built under the Washington Naval Treaty by the United States Navy, and this meant that her main battery had the restriction that it could not be no longer than 14, or no larger than 14 inches longer. <laughs> uh, the General Board, which is the shipbuilding board in the United States, evaluated a number of designs ranging from the traditional 23-knots battleships known as the Standard Series, or fast battleships, and ultimately a fast battleship armed with 12 14-inch guns was selected. Um, you'll notice that we don't have 12 14-inch guns on the USS North Carolina. Um, and after the ships were authorized, however, the United States invoked an escalator clause in the treaty that permitted an increase to 16-inch guns in the event that any member nation refused to sign the treaty, which, um, Japan refused to sign a treaty. So why the U.S. Navy had even built the North Carolinas the way that they are, I don't know. But they do have uh, 916-inch guns, which is nice. But she is a lot slower than, or I guess not a lot, but significantly slower than other battleships of her type. And she is smaller in displacement than a lot of other battleships that have been built at this time. So she's generally just um, not super great in all respects. But she... She was decent. She was she was a good start for the U.S. Navy on their first fast battleship. And let's get on to the history of USS North Carolina. Now, the history of USS North Carolina um, can be bland at points. I mean, that's kind of a lot of ships' lifetimes. So uh, I will sort of abbreviate what um, some of the b- more bland parts of the history are. Are. so her first operation came in april 1942 after the war had broken out and she was deployed to naval station argentina on the 23rd of april as a part of force intended to block the potential sortie by german battleship Tirpitz, if she bre- planned to break out into the north atlantic um uh, Tirpitz didn't do anything so that was they were just sitting in the naval station and she was quickly replaced by a battleship south dakota allowing uss north carolina to get underway for the pacific Uh, by June. So she passed through the Panama Canal on the 10th of June in company with the aircraft carriers Wasp, Long Island, and Nine Destroyers. Um, On the 15th of June, North Carolina was assigned to Task Force 18, centered around the carrier Wasp, along with four cruisers, nine destroyers, under the command of Rear Admiral Lay Noyes. Uh, So, the USS North Carolina was sent to join the Guadalcanal Campaign as part of TF-16, which included the aircraft carrier Enterprise, the heavy cruiser Portland, and the light cruiser Atlanta, and six destroyers. The unit was part of the larger TF-61, commanded by Vice Admiral Frank Fletcher. Uh, You may recognize that name. Uh, and sent to cover the landing of the 1st Marine Division on Guadalcanal to seize the airfield being constructed there by the Japanese. Uh, TF-61 also included aircraft carriers Saratoga and Wasp. Uh, North Carolina covered USS Enterprise on the first day of the invasion and uh, the invasion on Tulagi on the 7th of August and remained there in company the Enterprise to protect the carrier from Japanese air attacks. Fear of Japanese land-based torpedo bombers prompted Fletcher to withdraw the carrier groups next day the initial landing met with little resistance but japanese cruiser squadron showed up and then um kind of just beat the allies into the ground at the battle of salvo island you may remember this battle as sinking like i think three new orleans class uh cruisers and um the australian cruiser hms uh, canberra i believe is when that was sunk i'm not sure um, the Navy briefly considered forming a surface combat force to counter the Japanese cruisers, which would have been centered around the USS North Carolina, with five heavy and one light cruiser and four destroyers, but it was determined that the need to protect the carrier task forces was too great to strip away their heavy units. North Carolina then participated in the Battle of the Eastern Solomons on the 24th and 25th of August. Uh, American forces had detected a group of Japanese carriers on the 24th and immediately launched attacks from USS Saratoga, and they managed to sink the light carrier Ryujo. You may recognize that as the Tier VI from one of the warships. Um, A Japanese counterattack had then come back to the American fleet, and North Carolina actually detected it um, shortly after uh, 1,600 hours using her air search radar, which you'll see on the mainmast in-game. It's that very, very large radar. And the Japanese initially concentrated their attack on the USS Enterprise, and North Carolina contributed her anti-aircraft defense. Um, But Enterprise eventually increased her speed to 30 knots, and you notice that the top speed of the USS North Carolina is 29 knots. And USS North Carolina then dropped back, and fall or fell around 3.7 kilometers astern of the uh, USS Enterprise, which means she cannot really effectively um, screen the carrier from anti-aircraft or with her anti-aircraft fire. And then a group of seven uh, Aichi or Aichi. Uh, D-3A dive bombers attacked North Carolina at around 1643, but they all missed, and North Carolina merchant battled unscathed, although she did lose one man to the strafing aircraft. Uh, the Enterprise was hit three uh, times by bombs, and the Wasp was severely damaged. But uh, Or no, aircraft from the Wasp severely damaged the seaplane tender Chitos in return. Sorry, I read my notes wrong. The USS Enterprise then withdrew for repairs, and the North Carolina transferred to TF-17 to cover USS Saratoga, along with Atlanta and a pair of destroyers. Uh, The ships operated off of Guadalcanal for the next several weeks, in which time Japanese submarines attempted to torpedo North Carolina twice. The first, on the 6th of September, passed some 300 yards off her port side, and then the second, fired from submarine I-19, on the 15th of September, was far more destructive. I 19 had fired a spread of six torpedoes at WASP in TF 18, two or three of which hit, it's not immediately clear. Um, two of the Type 95 torpedoes, which are the same torpedoes carried by the Shimikaze and have extremely long range, uh, carried on to ships of TF 17, the ships that are in USS North or the ship, the squadron that USS North Carolina is in, excuse me. Uh, Some five nautical miles, or 9.3 kilometers, away. One hit the destroyer O'Brien, and a fourth hit the USS North Carolina. USS North Carolina was struck 20 feet under the the waterline and port side, and it tore a 32 by 18 foot, or 9.8 by 5.5 meter, hole in the plating. Uh, And this is... Obviously a very big hole, but I'm pretty sure that was in the torpedo protection plating, so that just means the torpedo protection plating will flood and the ship won't actually flood itself. Five men were killed in the attack, but the torpedo inflicted little serious damage apart from the shock of the blast that disabled the forward turret. Uh, flooding did occur, and the North Carolina it took a list of 5.5 degrees to port, but this was quickly corrected by counter-flooding. And essentially counter flooding is taking, like, a ballast tank or another compartment and flooding it to correct the list, or to create a weight that corrects the list of the ship. And she was able to remain on station with USS Saratoga, cruising at a speed of an impressive 25 knots. Um, So these other two ships were not lucky. Uh, The Wasp was scuttled, and the O'Brien eventually foundered a month later due to the damage sustained by the torpedo. So sh- essentially what happened with the O'Brien is they saw one of the torpedoes coming in as they tried to turn towards um, port to rescue people from, or rescue sailors, I should say, from USS Wasp. And they were concentrating on avoiding this torpedo and did not see the other torpedo coming in from directly ahead and struck them on the port bow. Did little damage, surprisingly, but it did do structural damage, so um, they they continued steeping and they made temporary repairs and then they thought they were fine, and they went out to sea again and began leaking or uh, taking on water, and then the hull just split open and then split in half, and... The ship sank. However, the crew was well aware of the structural damage, and most of the crew had been off at that time. The hull split, so it was just a small salvage crew that was aboard, and they were able to get them off safely, too. So there was no men lost on the O'Brien. After withdrawing from the area, North Carolina detached to Pearl Harbor to make repairs, which lasted from the 30th of September to the 17th of November. The rest of 1942 and the beginning part of 1943 was fairly boring for North Carolina, mainly just convoy escort duties and setting up for the invasion of the Gilbert and Marshall Islands. Uh, From the 19th of September onward, and this is 1943, uh, the North Carolina covered the carriers as they raided the Gilbert Islands. They started with the islands of Mackin, Tarawa, and Abamama. And these battleships included, or no, North Carolina was detached to form TF fifty point or TG fifty point eight, with other battleships of the fleet, Massachusetts, Indiana, uh, South Dakota, and Washington. Um, And this was again under Admiral Lee's command, and the ships bombarded the island of Nauru, or Nau, yeah, Nauru. Uh, while the fleet prepared for the next operation in the campaign in the Marshalls, North Carolina then escorted carrier USS Bunk- Bunker Hill during a series of strikes on Cavining, uh during the, or in the island of New Ireland, or no, Cavening is a, a installment on the island of New Ireland in late December. On the 6th of January 1944, TF 58, the fast carrier task force, was created under the commander Rear Admiral Mark Mitzer. Uh, North Carolina continued her role as, a, as an escort for the fleet's carriers, again, the boring duties of being a battleship, um, as part of TG-58.2. During the Battle of Koala Jin, North Carolina initially remained with carriers as pre invasion bombardment, but then was detached close uh, to the island to join the bombardment group targeting Roy Namur, um, which is a, another Japanese installment, I believe, or installation and the these included the battleships Washington, Indiana, and Massachusetts. Uh, during the attack, she sank a cargo ship in the harbor. And after the islands were after con- or conquered in only four days of fighting, the F fifty eight departed the raid. Turk. Uh, this had been the Japanese staging ground in the in most of the areas of the Pacific. And by this time, USS North Carolina had been transferred to GG fifty eight point three. And the attack, codenamed Operation Hailstone, inflicted serious damage, sinking or destroying 39 ships, destroying 211 aircraft, and damaging another 104 planes. So when USS North Carolina was supporting the U.S. Army's landing at Halindia during the New Guinea campaign, and this was from the 13th of April to the 24th of April 1944, um, USS North Carolina took two of her Kingfisher's, so the uh, float planes, to rescue a downed pilot who had crashed off the reef. One of the Kingfishers capsized on landing, and the second was unable to take off with the additional weight from the first plane's crew and the pilot they had gone to pick up. So the submarine, USS Tang, had to pick up the pen instead. So, yeah, nice going, guys. <laughs> on the 1st of May, USS North Carolina and six other battleships organized this TG-58.7 to bombard uh, Pohnpei, or not Ponpei, it's Pohnpei, destroying the Japanese artillery batteries, anti-aircraft guns, and damaging an airfield on the island. TF-58 then returned to its base in Maragyril and Ian on the 4th of May, and from there, USS North Carolina departed the Pearl Harbor to, for repairs to her rudder. Um, and USS North Carolina, basically from the operation on the Gilberts to this new operation, had basically just took, taken part in escorting duties and with a little bit of shore bombardment sprinkled in there. So the USS North Carolina, up until that point, hadn't been really doing that much. It was then that the USS North Carolina took part in the Mariana Islands campaign, uh, the first island targeted, for, or at least by North Carolina, was the island of Saipan. And in addition to screening carriers, North Carolina also bombarded the island and this was to cover the minesweepers as they cleared past the invasion beaches. So basically what they're doing here is they're taking their big battleships, their big scary battleships of all the scary guns, and they're shooting at these land installations to get their attention at night. Um, and then they essentially just draw the attention away from the minesweepers, which are significantly closer to the island. Um, and these minesweepers are clearing the mines so that the um, amphibious assault can occur without running into said mines. Uh, She shelled Tanapang Harbor, sank several smaller vessels, and destroyed several supply dumps. On the 15th of June, Marines went ashore, and a Japanese counterattack struck the fleet, though all but two of the aircraft were shot down by the carrier's combat air patrols. And of those two aircraft that were not shot down, uh, by the curious combat air patrol two of those or one of those was shot down by the north carolina and the um the japanese fleet then stri- decided to take part in a major counterattack against the allied forces and that led to the battle of the philippine sea and it was fought basically by carriers and the uss north carolina didn't do much but uh shoot down aircraft so yep that's pretty much it Honestly, the rest of USS North Carolina's career was fairly boring. It just consisted of anti-aircraft escorting duties. She really did not participate in much shore bombardment at all. Um, She did survive the Typhoon Cobra, um, which three destroyers did not um, manage to survive. They were sunk in the storm. Uh, And she survived without any uh, serious damage. There was some minor damage taken, but not much. And the USS North Carolina was actually struck by friendly fire once. Um, In a furious barrage of anti-aircraft fire, um, another ship accidentally hit USS North Carolina with a 5-inch anti-aircraft shell, which killed 3 and wounded 44 people. And the rest of USS North Carolina's career was basically just shoot down two aircraft here, shoot down an aircraft there, maybe don't shoot down anything there, cover a carrier task force there, and then participate in um, the Magic Carpet Ride operation, and that was pretty much it. She did not, um, she didn't really do much. (laughs) However, she did do more than any other American treaty battleship after the end of the war. So treaty battleships consist of the South Dakota and the North Carolina classes. Uh, She participated in training operations and a training cruise for uh, midshipmen from the U.S. Naval Academy in the uh, Caribbean in mid-1946 and was decommissioned on June 27, 1947 and placed in reserve. Uh, When she was out of service, the Navy considered several plans to modernize or convert the ship for other purposes. Uh, first series of studies in 1904 revolved around improving the ship's speed of 31 knots, which would require a significant uh, reduction in displacement and a much more powerful propulsion system. A uh, displacement issue c- could be solved by removable- removal of the rear turret, but there was not enough room in the hull to place the power plant necessary to reach the desired speed. The Navy also evaluated the proposal to convert North Carolina into a helicopter carrier, which would have included removing all of her main and secondary guns, though the forward turret would be retained to keep the ship balanced properly, because you'll notice that the um, uh, superstructure on USS North Carolina is significantly shifted back of the midpoint of the ship, so you need to keep the forward turret just to balance the ship properly and keep her from sitting, uh, or I guess, listing towards the stern. Um, in exchange for a flight deck and facilities for 28 helicopters and a battery of 16 3 inch guns. Navy ultimately decided that the new purpose built helicopter carrier would be cheaper, and so the project was abandoned. Uh, she remained in the Navy's inventory until she was stricken from the Naval Vessel Register on June 1, 1960, and slated to be broken up for scrap. A North Carolina man, who was named James Craig, founded the campaign to save the vessel. Uh, modeled on the battleship Texas, commission that successfully acquired the old battleship Texas for preservation as museum ship. He convinced Governor uh, Luther A. Hodges to ask the Navy to, to delay the scrapping the ship, and then led a campaign to raise the $250,000 necessary to prepare a site to host the vessel, uh, tow her there, and then work to prepare her for visitors. With the help of a WRAL TV station, which broadcast the Save Our Ship advertisement campaign, and numerous state newspapers, Craig was able to secure more than 330000 for the project. Uh, 330000 U.S. dollars, by the way. Uh, Southport, Morad City, and Wilmington were uh, uh, considered for ports or for the ship, and Wilmington was selected as was uh, further inland and thus more protected from hurricanes that do occur frequently on the North Carolina coast. And then on September 6, 1961, the North Carolina was transferred to the state, towed out of uh, New Jersey, bound for Wilmington, uh, by a group of nine tugboats from the 25th of September onward. Her berth was completed and repairs, the ship effected, and she was formally opened on the 29th of April, 1962. In 1964, a kingfisher that had crashed in British Columbia, Canada, during the war was subsequently salvaged and donated to the museum. That battleship was declared a National Historic Landmark on the 10th of November 1982, and the application noted that the ship was in excellent condition and remained in its wartime configuration. And uh, so that's pretty much the end of USS North Carolina. She is a museum. You can visit her if you want to go to in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, she is in her, as I said, wartime configuration, unlike all of the Iowa-class battleships. And uh, she is in a dazzle sort of paint scheme, which I think is fairly cool. And that is it for the history of USS North Carolina. And we will be back with how to play her in World of Warships. Welcome back to Rank Amateur. And we will be going over the World of Warships section on the episode about USS North Carolina. And without further ado, let's get going. So she, in top configuration, has 66,000 hit points. Uh, she has four to six millimeter, or her main battery consists of 4-6mm, millimeter, forty five caliber Mark VI guns in uh, three gun turrets. So there's three turrets of three guns each, with a total of nine guns. Uh, they have a thirty second reload, a hundred and eighty degree turn time of forty five seconds, a firing range of twenty three point two six kilometers in top configuration, maximum dispersion of one hundred or two hundred seventy one meters. Yeah, an HE shell, which consists of a 406mm HE-HC Mark Thirteen shell. Maximum HE shell damage is 5,300. The chance of fire on target is 36%, which is like average. Initial HE shell velocity is 820 meters second. The HE shell weight is 800, uh, 862 kilograms. The AP shell is 406mm AP Mark Eight shell. With uh, This is the super heavy shell, by the way. Uh, it has a 13,100 damage. Uh, Maximum damage, and initial AP shell velocity is 701 meters a second. Excruciatingly slow, the AP shell weight is fairly heavy at 1,225 kilograms. Secondary armament consists of 127mm 30 caliber Mark 12 uh, turrets on a Mark 32 mount. Uh, There's 10 uh, turrets of 2 guns each. Firing range is 6.6 kilometers, which is average. Uh, Rate of fire is uh, 10 shots a minute at 6 seconds of reload. Uh, maximum H E shell damage is eighteen hundred. Initial H E shell velocity is seven hundred and ninety two meters a second. The chance of fire on target is five percent. So they're they're nothing like the Massachusetts. They don't have the improved accuracy or anything like that. So it's really not uh worth specking into. A defense is decent. I'm just gonna say it's 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 decent. It's nothing super duper crazy, but it it's it's pretty good for a ship of um I guess, pretty good for uh, a ship that doesn't have defensive AA fire. Uh, The maximum speed is 27.5 knots, it's actually 28, Uh, this is an error in World of Warships wiki, so you'll see that if you go on World of Warships Wikipedia page, it is 28 knots I believe. Uh, Turning circle radius is 760 meters and a rudder shift time of 15.72 seconds. This is actually less than the base um, rudder shift time on the Buffalo, which is kind of sad. Concealment is 15.66 kilometers, Um, the air detectability range is 10.06 kilometers. You can get the concealment down to less than 13, or I think less than 12 kilometers, actually. It's around like 12 kilometers, though. It's like 11.9, which is very, very sneaky for a tier 8 battleship, which is very, very useful for this battleship, because it needs that sneakiness in order to survive. as for how it plays, um, it's interesting. I it will go after the um, we'll go over and after we go over the commander skills, um, but it's very different than that of the New York, New Mexico, and the Colorado. Even though it still has around the same stigma value as them, so some of the pros you got the excellent main battery gun range, and with range build she can to- shoot from twenty seven kilometers away. Um, don't ever do a range build. If you do a range build, I've experimented with this, it takes you nearly 32 seconds to get your shells on target. So, from the time you fire, your shell flight time is 32 seconds. From the time you fire your shells, it will take them over a half minute to get there. <laughs> it's it's not worth it. You're never going to hit anything out there. You have good uh, AP shells. You get a high stigma rating, 2.0, uh, which is very good. Although, I... <laughs> I don't really notice it. It just, it seems to get really, really bad horizontal dispersion. Uh, and that's just kind of what the North Carolina is. It's, it seems to be less accurate than Colorado. Although you will get some really tight shell grippings and then. Um, very durable when properly angled. Um, that's what they say. Maybe. Um, she has a decent AA suit um, or suite, I should say, not suit. Yeah, she's uh, made of an AA suit with the tie. (laughs) Uh, She has a significant speed improvement over Colorado, but still not the best decent turning radius and excellent concealment. Uh, Slow main battery um, velocity, poor main battery dispersion. So she has excellent Sigma, but horrible dispersion. (laughs) So, well, that gets you some interesting salvos sometimes. Um, Everything at her tier can outrun her. Except for maybe a carrier or two, um, extensively covered in thirty-two millimeters armor, which means she takes a spam like you wouldn't believe. Very easy to Citadel. Poor protection against torpedoes. I believe it is ten um, percent. I think ten or fifteen percent. So that's why you're going to take that torpedo armor or um, torpedo protection improvement skill. Um, and the AA is not very durable. Even though they are strong and their output's high, they're not very durable. They can be easily destroyed. Um, as far as the upgrades, you're going to do pretty typical for the, um, battleships. Um, you're going to want to do main armaments mod 1, damage control systems mod 1. And it's up in the air for slot 3 as it always is. I take the aiming systems mod just because, um... Actually, that's not an option here. Never mind. I believe I took the turret reverse mod because the artillery plotting arm is really not necessary because you're never going to hit anything out there. <laughs> uh, and the maximum range, the base maximum range, is still more than acceptable. And then you're going to take the Amateur Control Systems mod 2, although you could take the Rudder Shift mod, and I believe I have taken the Rudder Shift mod as well. Uh, but this is just what World of Warships Wikipedia. Um, Uh, recommends. And I do agree with the recommendation on slot 5 being concealment systems modification 1 because you do need that concealment to play well. And I mean you could take the torpedo acquisition um, uh, module or uh, upgrade, but it's not really worth it. um, Because the North Carolina can be a bit sluggish, especially if you're operating at slow speeds, so you're not really going to have a chance to turn. Um, You're going to want to take I have personally, um, gun feeder, I believe, and, or no, no, I have, uh, preventative maintenance on my captain, and that's just a 30, minus 30% chance of main armament, engines, and steering gear becoming incapacitated, then I have priority target, or no, then I have, uh, yeah, I have priority target, and then I have, Um, The enhanced anti-torpedo protection, which brings it up to like 25% or so, Um, um, uh, torpedo damage reduction. Then I have uh, Concealment Expert, which brings it down to like 10 kilometers, or not 10 kilometers, like 11 kilometers. Although you could go with Emergency Repair Specialist or uh, Fire Prevention Expert. However, I would get Concealment Expert, especially with a Deadeye Meta, first. And I would then get adrenaline rush, and then I would go back and maybe get like grease the gears or um, superintendent. If they st- they don't have superintendent for the battleships, I always forget. The, the commander rework has still been screwing me up. However, I do not recommend getting Deadeye. Don't don't get Deadeye. It's not good on the ship. The accuracy is so bad to begin with that it doesn't make much of a difference. And then North Carolina just. Just generally does not function at all from range. And uh, recommended signal flags for this ship: you're going to want to take um, uh, the Sierra Mike, so speed flag, India Delta, improving your uh, your um, uh, heel, uh, India Yankee. Then you're going to want to take uh, Juliet Charlie because I have seen a lot of North Carolinas get Delta or get uh, detonated. So that's just why you're going to want to do that. Um, and then any economic signals you want, and, um, whoever Echoes set a 7, which is going to increase your AA damage. You're not really going to want to invest anything into a secondary build on this ship. This is just not a ship that's worth it, because its side armor is so horrifically bad. This thing can get rounded into, penetrated, and citadeled by heavy cruisers, and that's really not fun We're in a battleship that's supposed to have a lot of armor. And everyone says oh just go bow in oh just go bow in no (laughs) don't do that especially against tier 10s um they'll just aim straight for your superstructure and penetrate the um i think what 30 millimeters of plating no not 30 millimeters plating like less than that it's like 18 millimeters of plating on your citadel roof and just citadel you to nothing and if they don't citadel you they'll just massively chunk you with pen damage so it's this ship is really, really not durable. Um, from long range through the superstructure, it takes, I think I calculated, like, less than 40 millimeters of penetration to citadel this ship if you aim for the superstructure. So if you're aiming for the ship from long range, aim for the superstructure. Because with Plunging Fire, you will citadel the ship if you have anything larger than, like a heavy cruiser gun and even heavy cruisers like the soviets and the americans can absolutely set a little ship from long range so this is this ship's just annoying to play because it's not durable at all it's kind of like the california where you just take chunk and he and fire damage like you would believe and that's just the harsh reality of playing the north carolina so there's actually a fairly simple way to play the north carolina play like a cruiser that is i've tried so many different builds on North Carolina has just decimated my win rate. But um because there, because there's so many um, builds that just don't work at all in North Carolina current meta. It used to be better before the meta changed uh, in the Deadeye rework, or the Commander rework, rather. But um, I figured out how to play it. Play it like a cruiser. Remember my Alabama episode? Play it like a cruiser. So you approach in a cap, right? And if you can push through the cap, great. Stay bow in because people will citadel you if you're able to get that rear turret on. That's just a good rule of thumb. If you're able to shoot with the rear turret, then you can be citadeled. If you're overwhelmed, go undetected. Use that sweet dank concealment and then uh, turn around, get your front turrets around, and kite. And that will allow you to survive the longest because you're not super slow. People will catch up to you, but you can kind of get away from them and stay outside of detection range but don't go like there's this three kilometer sweet spot of the north carolina or like three or four kilometers so you can go from like your 11 kilometer concealment to like 15 kilometers that is your golden age or range of engagement you don't want to go farther than that because then you're going to hit anything don't want to go closer than that because then you can't go under undetected if you get um if uh you get in trouble because the North Carolina relies on uh, stealth, so if something happens, you're overwhelmed, your teammates die, go undetected, sail into a different position, start shooting again. That is how you play the North Carolina. It is very, very simple, even though it appears not to be. So you're going to go forward, if you're overwhelmed, go undetected, turn around, kite. That is the successful way to play a North Carolina. And in kiting, you'll probably sink a few ships Then you can turn back around and push. That is, is the, one of the simplest ships to play, and doing this, even if you just sling armor piercing all day and don't switch to the high explosive, you will still do reasonably well. And now, I've seen some people do some risky things in North Carolinas, but they're not like the Iowas, they're not like the Montanas, they, they're they not, it's not super durable, it's hardly, it. treat it like a cruiser, treat it like if you show the slightest hint of broadside, even if you don't show broadside, you will get punished, treat it like a cruiser. And you will do fine in USS North Carolina. That is it for this episode. If you have any suggestions for future ships to do, please email me at at gmail.com. Please check out my merchandise, and if you would consider donating a few dollars, that would be nice. Also, tell your friends I am uh, losing listeners actually because there has been a new World of Warships podcast that started. Um, And uh, my listener base is just kind of taking a huge hit. It used to be around 120, now we're around 60. So if you could please tell your friends, your clanmates, and everything about the podcast, I would much, much appreciate it. And until next time, Captains!